Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Respectfully Disagree. So, off late, there has been a lot of conversation around um, the idea of rest being resistance. It's something that a lot of activists have spoken about. It's something that in the past couple of years we're seeing really pick up as a concept on social media. And a lot of people have begun to interrogate the idea of quote-unquote laziness and whether our understanding of laziness itself is flawed. So to start off with, let's get everybody over here to answer the question. Is there such a thing as laziness? Yes or no? What's your simple answer? This is Shishti, your host, by the way. Hi, this is Rohita. I think uh, my answer is that mostly no, but there is a there is a tiny bit of yes also in there. This is Carla. Um, and 100% yes, of course, laziness exists. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I'm also on Carla's side to say that, yes, laziness exists. So let's start off by, first of all, defining what laziness is. It was interesting to actually think about this because it's one of those terms that it's so embedded in our psyche that I realized that I hadn't really thought about, like, what its definition is. So can we talk a little bit about what it means and what are the popular depictions of laziness that we see in, like, pop culture all around us? So how it's usually depicted is is I think very unfair because it's it can often be like a condemnation of somebody's entire person entire personhood itself uh, I mean you have this whole idea about sloth being one of the seven deadly sins and then someone gets killed for it in the movie seven like brutally murdered uh, and even in like cuter Disney movies literally there's wall e um and then we see a whole society where we're meant to like make like this mental connection between laziness and even obesity and cultural decline, which is super, super problematic on so many levels. And uh, I think the way that we are conditioned to think about laziness is, is, is far more damning of a person than it should ever be. So uh, to me, laziness is... I agree with you, Shishi. I had trouble like when I when I sat down to try to define it, I realized that I didn't have um, like a comprehensive definition in my mind. But if I tried to create one, if I tried to come up with one in one line, I would say that it to me, it's doing the absolute bare minimum required to get by in any sort of situation. That's what laziness is. Yeah. So so my definition, Carla, I realized was very like uh... Um, you know, uh, Protestant Christian school ethic, <laughs> which is like whenever you're slacking off at work, like you're being lazy. So I think that is my definition. So not that you're given a task and you're not doing it well, but it's very much like, oh my God, this person is so lazy. They don't, you know, they don't get this job done on time. Or if you give them something, it never gets done, that kind of a thing. So that is very embedded in my head and with pop culture weirdly enough like um, I think the image I think of as like being lazy is like someone in a bureaucratic position in a government office like that's there in a lot of Indian TV shows that we you know grew up watching like office office or whenever anybody has any interaction with government bureaucracy or like there's this very lazy officer who's like having chai or like you know opening their like seven layer lunch dabba and like having lunch instead of like giving that little sign on your phone. <laughs> so that's another image of like laziness, which is embedded in my head. 
But laziness is so much more like our cultural understanding of laziness is so much more pervasive than just at the workplace, right? We even talk about people being lazy in bed, right? That's like a big thing, right? And what does that really mean? That means like not bringing your full self and your full energy to the sexual interaction, just expecting the other person to be the one that brings all the energy and excitement to the situation and just sitting there and doing the bare minimum, right? So, but but even in the workplace, when I think of it, I don't think of the person having a lunch break because I, I, I think lunch breaks are healthy and great. Take a lunch break, open your seven layer dumba. But um, but I think that I'm talking more about the idea somebody gets an assignment, right? Somebody gets an assignment and they do the most bare bones possible version of it. Like just exactly what is required to say, I guess I checked off the box and I guess I did this. But like no innovation, no initiative, no desire to like bring their full selves to it. That to me is what laziness is. But uh, I think in a work context, people have um, critiqued this idea that uh, it's it's a lack of initiative or or it's a deliberate lack of effort because there are a co- lot of conversations now about um, burnout and especially like work culture in general in a capitalist society. I think we're back here, Carla. <laughs> um, uh, think this this somehow just becomes inevitable for a in in like a for a large section of people. So there is this researcher, um, Dr. Devin Price. Uh, they've written this book called A Laziness Does Not Exist, um, categorically. And they said that there is this thing called the laziness lie, which has three tenets. One is that uh, your worth is, is your productivity. The second is there is always more you could be doing. And the third is you cannot trust your own needs and limitations. So, I mean, this idea of laziness just makes people invalidate what their body is telling them and so if they're unable to do something it it just becomes an indictment of them as a person and doesn't lead us to critique like the broader structure which is making us behave in these ways so those first two tenets that you described right that your worth is tied to your productivity and the second that there's always something more you could be doing something about the way I was programmed, the way that I have been socialized, those two ideas are so deeply ingrained in my psyche that I personally cannot escape from those. Like I, it, to the extent that I have an inner monologue that is beating myself up constantly, that's the inner monologue that I have, right? That there's always something more you could be doing or should be doing, or why are you sitting and doing nothing because you could be doing something else and accomplishing something in that hour, right? And I think it's really interesting to try to reframe our cultural notion of sort of what is a valuable hour spent, right? What does it mean for that hour to have been valuably spent is if it's not tied to some sort of output, right? What does it mean to rest for an hour and value that rest as its own sort of goal in and of itself? Um, I think that's going to take a lot of changing the way people are are socialized to get there because right now i mean it's we're we're obviously not there i think that this whole idea of um us not being able to do that now is is a symptom of something having gone wrong because just this we are unable to rest meaningfully because when we take any kind of time off where we're not doing something quote unquote productive we we kind of like internalize this indictment of being lazy ourselves and we kind of shame ourselves so yeah 
I agree with you there. And again, a lot of us go through life without a recognition of what our needs and limitations are. So I think those points are definitely um really really interesting. Um, but I'm I'm just wondering like how do we? I I don't know actually. Like in in my head, there's also this like idea of who can afford to be lazy. Like it definitely is a concept and. there are definitely people who can afford to be lazy and those who can't no that's also super interesting because um the way that we have been conditioned to think about it is actually the inverse of that like there is there are so many really really toxic and uh, horrible stereotypes about um racial minorities or working class people or uh people from oppressed castes being lazy or idle and um, there's a lot of studies about this there was one study from 2011 that found that this but this exact stereotype associated with racial minorities led to lower political support for affirmative action and then there's also the whole lazy welfare recipient cliche where people keep saying that if we just give free handouts people are not going to work they'll get lazy they'll get idle but then there's a study that Abhijit Banerjee, the the recent Nobel laureate, uh, did that found that there was no evidence that you know when you do cash transfer programs for uh people from disadvantaged sections that they actually work less or it discouraged works, uh discouraged work. So I mean the reality is actually the inverse of what the narrative would have us believe about laziness. I think this. it brings us squarely back to the conversation we've had about success and merit because i mean this is also a a very pervasive narrative um and cultural stereotype in the US as well and the argument on the right against any sort of public welfare system at all is just that well if people worked harder and weren't so lazy they would have more money almost as if it's that you know as if it's that simple and it's an indictment of an of an entire sort of many times a racial minority but certainly a a disadvantaged dis- socioeconomically disadvantaged part of society that basically everybody must be lazy because if they weren't they wouldn't be in this situation this actually you know leads us to the question of like what does what purpose does this idea about laziness this pervasive idea about laziness serve right because there's also this researcher Miriam Nandi I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce their name but they wrote a book uh about stereotypes about the global poor and uh, this idea of the lazy native like this colonial idea of the lazy native or the idle poor poor uh, both work together to kind of sustain inequality actually because it puts the onus on the individual like you said Carla like if people just work hard they'll succeed or whatever and um, there's no push towards systemic change on that front because of this narrative so on like a much broader scale it's it's such a damaging idea and it just goes to show that we've got it all wrong yeah and you know i think rohita like it's it's not just about uh, i mean stereotyping certain racial minorities or like classes as poor i feel like it's uh, sorry as lazy it's also um laziness is a way to if you have privilege to like justify that oh this person doesn't deserve what they have so the stereotype of the lazy zamindar like we've read about that in in indian history right like how colonialists like actively propagated that idea that these 
zamindars and again the obesity link that you mentioned at the start that that comes back here that these zamindars are like uh you know really fat and lazy and they don't get anything done so you know they are so inefficient that's why we need colonial rule which is like efficient and which can ensure that the land is justly administered and um if you look at that even today right like in different fields like what we kind of uh really talk like say even with chris jenner right like there's this whole thing that you can say whatever you want about her but this woman works 24 hours a day and that's why we respect her because she works really really hard and on the other hand you know or uh, if you inherited wealth or if you're running an empire again you have to show that i'm working really really hard to actually run this place and the opposite of that is that oh this person is just like a lazy entitled person who's not as good as their father or mother or not as good as the person they inherited that from so i feel like it's also a stereotype that applies even within like why you have privilege to kind of use that to either justify or to denigrate you and say that no you don't you don't actually deserve what you have i mean i think i had never thought of it this way that you know laziness is this like criticism that we lob at at like rich people poor people you know people all over the spectrum of of privilege i think it's really interesting that like culturally being lazy is such a such an indictment it's so negative that it's like it's like the one of these like ultimate critiques that we throw at groups of people or individuals i mean so far we've kind of spoken about this idea of the perception of laziness and you know why it's flawed and the different ways in which it's flawed right but right at the start the three of us also said that there are cases definitely where we feel that people are being lazy or that laziness does exist right like in varying proportions we believe that it exists so i mean just to tease that out and differentiate between like when is somebody being l- lazy or not and when is it um you know more of this kind of structural issue so should we like do a very quick quiz uh sorry not a quiz a game to see like if you would say that this is is this lazy or is this not lazy okay uh first off a person sleeping through their alarms lazy or not wait clarification do they have to be somewhere like is someone depending on them to be somewhere uh no just like waking up starting their day early seems fine to me not lazy yeah i wouldn't say it's lazy either even if someone's depending on them i would worry about why they are not waking up okay procrastinating on house chores i think completely normal cuz house chores are terrible <laughs> but n- not lazy i i mean you know it's up to people if they want to live in a messy house i guess i actually think uh, it depends on your living situation if you're living alone it's not lazy if you are not living alone i think so and i'm guilty of this so I, <laughs> so yeah okay someone asking for benefits from the state no not at all lazy yeah agreed not at all lazy i mean this still hasn't helped me differentiate and like if either of you can shed light on this how do you actually differentiate between um what is that dividing line between you know when laziness is a function of uh, the problem with how we perceive someone or a function of the problem with how someone's life or work is structured versus when it's somebody uh, you know actually refusing to take responsibility or farming off um their tasks to somebody else because they think they can afford to do that how do you differentiate between the two i still think my original definition works well 
Did you not like it as a, because I think it works well. It, it, it serves to sort of say, look, let's say in a, in a work setting, in a team setting where there's a body of work that needs to get done and three people seem to be bringing their full selves to the project and seem really engaged and are working hard. And one seems to be sort of like coasting on their work and not really bringing any energy or thoughts or creativity or help to the table whatsoever. And, but is taking credit for the full project. I think those three people are well within their rights to feel that that fourth is lazy. I think so too, but I think that I don't know if this is really happening these days, but given the conversations that we've been having, um, the other three may be irritated with the, with the fourth person, but I don't know if they would like call them lazy as a person. Maybe they would be like, oh, they, they have something going on, or maybe this, they're not in a good place, or I don't know. Maybe you can tell from the vibe, or maybe you can't, but... Uh, I think now it's more likely that people would say that that person isn't lazy. Maybe they're just being lazy in that situation, but the person themselves is not like lazy. And I also think that that uh, line is in what you said itself, no, Shristi? Like when somebody is like bombing responsibility off and I think just being inconsiderate, uh, especially when you are in a position to do something and you choose not to, um, I think that makes a difference. I think, yeah, because otherwise there are a lot of people who are not in a position to do something and they can't, but they're not in a position to explain either. Uh, but but then they still get perceived as lazy. But I'm talking about like people who can, but they just won't. Out of sheer indifference and apathy. I think that's also emotional laziness. And entitlement. I think that laziness is 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 always coupled with a certain sense of entitlement. It's that whole doing the bare minimum thing that we talked about in the beginning. Um, but in a totally different, like, in a relationship context, which you'd also brought up, Carla, do you feel like it gets spoken about less or is seen as less of a negative context? Like, for me, I think that in everything outside of, you know, professional work, laziness is not actually seen as being such a bad thing. It's, in fact being seen as okay it's only at like work in in like a professional setting where it's seen as really negative um but otherwise I think that you can get away with a lot of other kinds of laziness and as a society we don't particularly look down on it in fact like when we're speaking about heterosexual relationships particularly there's this whole thing about like unequal effort in a relationship but rather than having conversations about why that is or whether that's really uh, true or anything like that, there are so many, so many articles about, there's like one feminine article about how to deal with a lazy boyfriend. And then there's another one called, when your boyfriend is a lazy lad, nine tricks to deal with him. <laughs> and then it's always the onus on the the woman to kind of deal with the laziness uh, that their partner is showing. Uh, and... And then that also goes into another dimension of emotional labor. Um, so these things are not like spoken about the way they are supposed to be spoken about. They're spoken about in like a way that it's like, oh, it's a, it's something that, oh, what can we do? They're like this. You should, you should do something about it as a woman. Okay, but at least this is one of those stereotypes that I've actually never heard applied to our gender 
Like, I've never heard women be stereotyped as lazy in any context. There's just, like, no way, shape, or form to hurl that um, at women. Uh, but I think that the, the stereotype that men are lazy does stem from the, like, very, very pervasive unequal distribution of, like, household and care labor that clearly exists in, like, almost every country in the world. And And that speaks to the, like, not pulling your fair share, you know, not pulling your weight, uh, doing the bare minimum. It's all those things that we've talked about that characterize what it means to be lazy. And I think that they really come to a head in that stereotype. It has some, there is some underlying sort of truth or some underlying pattern um, or some underlying sort of cultural norms that that explain why, where that stereotype actually came from. But I agree with you, the, putting the onus on women to solve the problem is a stretch. Yeah, and then it goes back to that whole who can afford to be lazy thing, right? Like how many of us have heard of those things of like, you know, your mom never falls sick and she'll get up and, you know, help everybody get ready and make, you know, set things up. But I think that's not to say that like laziness in and of itself is a bad thing. I mean, to go back to the note that we sort of started with and, uh, you know, the critiques around how we view laziness. Like if you think about it, wouldn't it be lovely if like mothers didn't get to be lazy and stay late, like stay in bed late only on Mother's Day? <laughs> like, I mean, and, and you know, if, if the right to leisure and the right to laze would be like something which everybody has access to whenever they want. And if we could like heal our relationship with like, you know, leisure and work and productivity and all of these things, I think a, a key part of that is changing this like overwhelmingly negative perception of laziness and the stereotype of who a lazy person is i think that just also speaks to how much leisure is equated with laziness which is like super damaging on many many fronts okay so this reminded me it's slightly off track but it reminded me this week when when everybody was writing about jack dorsey's resignation um from twitter I read a bunch of articles about it, and every single article I read included this one very specific detail that was just like clearly such a snarky jab at him. Everybody included this one paragraph where they write that, you know, he he had long been criticized for being too distant or not being a hands-on enough CEO. For example, you know, the decision to um, to disable Donald Trump's Twitter account was actually made by one of his subordinates or delegates when he was on holiday on a private island. And the way that this detail is articulated is so, it, it's like dripping in like judgment and snark. It doesn't matter which publication you're reading, doesn't matter how objective the article is supposed to be. That detail in there is, it's it's made its way into virtually every article about his resignation. I find it fascinating because it, they're basically saying he, do, he doesn't deserve to be CEO of Twitter because can you imagine the cheek, right? That he, I mean, of course, there's all this like hyper privilege, the private island detail is enough to make you hate him because, you know, because of what it says about his privilege. But I just think it's super interesting that like the, the biggest, you know, the biggest, again, indictment of his performance possible is like he's so lazy that he took a vacation. 
is what that paragraph is really saying. Yeah, and that's By the way, this is in no, sorry, in no way an endorsement of Jack Dorsey because I don't care about him and he's problematic in many other ways. But I just, that one thing really bothered me. Yeah. And you know, even when uh, we say that somebody is lazing or they are taking that vacation, it's supposed to justify them being able to be productive. Like the thousands of LinkedIn posts that you see about people taking a break is never about them just taking a break. It's about what all did you manage to do? Because you take breaks and how did you become more productive in life overall because you lazed around for those few hours. So it's literally like leisure for the sake of leisure is not valued. I think given that the the stereotype and thinking of laziness being bad is so prevalent, like what would it actually mean to, you know, change how we think about laziness and you know look at lazing as something that is subversive and something that could be positive for like people and society i don't know if reclaiming it or doing away with that word itself and like calling it what it really is which is like leisure at least in the way that it is hurled at people as an accusation in that sense um people hurl it in in like an accusatory way because they feel like somebody's not working enough so I think reclaiming the idea of leisure would would make it subversive. Um, yeah, because otherwise it just feels like these these two fists landing on either side of somebody, right? Like one is like like economics based, and one is like morality, and it's like this these two imperatives just weighing somebody down, um, kind of like rejecting that. And reclaiming your right to rest, I don't know, could be subversive in that sense. See, I don't know, because I'm I'm sort of still stuck on my initial position, which is that I think that laziness is a very real thing. I think, sure, we need to interrogate the way that we, um, you know, the way we stereotype entire groups of people as lazy. I think that obviously is hugely problematic. But to me, the the, the distinction between laziness and like, the need for restorative rest was always very clear and laziness to me was always that sense of entitlement that that permits somebody to just do like the worst possible job at something and barely show up to something they committed to do right and barely bring their energy or enthusiasm or creativity to it and that to me is actually still a negative quality like i i haven't changed my mind about that yeah uh i mean i again like define laziness differently but but yeah i think end somewhere where um you know what the two of you are saying like that there is that distinction and i do think there's a lot of value in like thinking through and redefining and like assessing exactly like what we call lazy and what we don't because i feel like in a lot of cases we do end up branding things as lazy when as rohita started with like the underlying problem is something you know altogether different on that note see you again next time don't be lazy and listen to the full episode you'll only hear this if you <laughs> you'll only get this gift if you're not lazy <laughs>